Good afternoon, everyone. Good to see you. Precious, isn't it, to be in God's presence together? I think I say that every time I preach, but it's true, isn't it? So it's good to remind ourselves it's precious to be in God's presence together, and thank you for being here today. So we are looking at the church at the moment in our series. We're doing four sessions looking at the church. We've had two of them already. We should have had three, but Ray kindly... um, didn't do his preach. It was the Sunday the day after Mandy had died. And so uh, we just wanted to turn that meeting over to a time of worship and prayer together. And so Ray will be speaking that message uh, in a few weeks' time. But Nancy started off, it seems a long time ago now, and uh, but Nancy started off looking at our role as, as worshippers, intercess- intercessors as priests. And that was really encouraging. And uh, last week, Robin looked at love as we look at this series on the church. I'm going to be looking today at unity, uh, the whole topic of unity, and then we're going to follow up this series with some more sessions looking at what do we really feel that God is saying specifically to us in the hub about the kind of church he wants us to be. These first four sessions are all about the church that would apply to any church, but then we're going to follow up with what it means for the hub. So we're excited about that, and uh, we're going to press on and see what God has for us. So today is all about unity. And I've entitled it, Then the World Will Know. And hopefully, I'll be able to unpack that a little bit as we go through. There's a TV show that actually Marianne Price introduced Tracy and I to. We've been watching it, and the kids have started watching it. They're loving it as well. I don't know if anyone's seen it. It's on BBC. It's called Sort Your Life Out in Seven Days. Has everyone seen it? It's, It's addictive. So basically, what they do is they take a family where the house is is full of clutter. They've got far too much stuff for the house. They've got a lifetime of clutter that they've accumulated. Some of it precious, some of it just needs thrown out. And they empty the whole house. They get van loads and they empty out the whole house. And then they hire this huge, huge warehouse and they lay out every single one of the family's possessions in sections for similar items on this warehouse floor. And so they have the moment where they open the doors at the front and the family's like, whoa, we've got a lot of stuff. (laughs) And then they go around and the aim is to try and get rid of at least 50% of all their stuff that they just don't need anymore. And they either sell it, recycle it, donate it. And then all the stuff they want to keep, they take back to the house. And then they have a team of four people. It's led by Stacey Solomon. And she's like the kind of upcycler, kind of creative one who wants to make everything look really nice. Then you've got a chap called Ewan who's the cleaning specialist. So he goes in and, and, and you learn all kinds of different hacks as to how to keep your house clean. And they've got a guy called Rob who's the carpenter. So he goes in and he makes all these new units and everything and, and storage solutions and he builds them all. And then you've got a lady called Dilly, who's the organizer. She's the kind of systems lady. And she goes in and she, she organizes everything. So there's no clutter left around. It's all got its own place. And so if you like that kind of thing, sort your life out in seven days, it's called, on the BBC. Uh, and why, why on earth am I telling you about that? <laughs> well, I want you to bear in mind that as the church, we all come with different gifts. We all come with different things to bring to the table. Some of us might be the carpenter. Some of us might be the cleaning expert. Some of us might be the organizer. Some might be the creative person. But we all have different gifts. 
okay? And you will have a gift that God has given you to help this church and to take this church forward. And we want you to use it. And I'd love you, as I'm speaking today, just to bear that in mind and think, okay, what is God saying to me? What has God given to me? How can I play my part in the church? Okay, so unity, then the world will know. I want to bring three things out today, and then I'm going to tell a story, and then we're going to see where God takes us. So, unity. This is where I really hope this works. You might have to help me here, Josh. Could you flick it onto the next one, please? And the next one, please? And the next one, please? (laughs) There should have been one before. Is there one before that? Oh, it's, it's working. Okay. And this might work now. Uh, so, the first thing I want to talk, when we st- talk about unity, the first thing I want to say is it's really important that we, as individuals and as a church, reflect the unity that we see in the Trinity. So, the Trinity, the Godhead, Father, Son, and Spirit, three persons, one God, but they are completely unified. They are one. And I want to go to John chapter 17. If you want to follow it in the Bibles you've got here, it will be up on the screen. But it might be helpful to follow it if you'd like to, just because I'd love you to go away and read this tonight. It's John 17, 20 to 23. And there is truth after truth after truth, some of which, well, all of which is relevant to today. But there's some extra little gems in there that I think would really encourage you. So thinking about the Trinity, thinking about how God is one. Let's look at John 17, 20 to 23. I'm going to read a little bit and then comment on it and then read a bit. So that's why I think it might be helpful for you to try and follow it. So this is Jesus speaking. This is Jesus praying. And he says, I have given them, talking about his disciples, I've given them the glory that you gave me. So Jesus praying to his father, He's saying, I've given my disciples the glory that you, Father God, gave to me. Wow. (laughs) Truth bomb number one. Just incredible, isn't it? And why? That they may be one. That my disciples may be one. And Jesus is saying, as we are one. Talking to his Father, So Jesus saying to his father, as we are one, father, Jesus are one. He wants his disciples to be one together. See why I'm using this, talking about unity? He wants his disciples to be one. I in them and you in me. Jesus saying, I want to be in my disciples as you are in me. So that they may be brought to complete unity. That's the purpose. Jesus wants to be in us so that we may be in complete unity. Then the world will know. This is why I called it, then the world will know. Then the world will know that you have sent me And have loved them even as you have loved me. 
that the Father loves us just as much as he loves Jesus. That's what I think he's saying. Isn't that incredible? And then Jesus says this, my prayer, remember Jesus praying to his father, my prayer is not for them alone. He's not just praying for his current disciples at this time. My prayer is not for them alone. I pray also for those who will believe in me. He's praying for us. You ever seen that? Jesus is praying for us because we're people that have come after his first disciples that will believe in him. He's praying for generations of disciples that will believe in him. Through their message, Jesus is expecting his disciples to share this message and for new generations of disciples to share this message that all of them may be one. There's a lot of repetition here, isn't there, in Jesus' prayer. That all of them may be one. All of the disciples that follow may be one. Father, just as you are in me and I am in you. Do you see this unity that's in the Trinity? Unity in the Godhead. Of course, it includes the Holy Spirit as well. But Jesus is saying that, Father, just as you are in me, and Jesus is saying, Father, just as you are in me and I am in you, May they also be in us. May his disciples, may the future disciples be in this relationship of the Father and the Son. We're drawn in to that relationship. Why? More repetition. So that the world may believe that you have sent me. See why unity is so important? modeled there in the Godhead, but Jesus wants us to be unified. Why? So that the world will know that the Father sent Jesus to be that sacrifice for our sins. I'd love you just to go away and just, and just dwell in that for a little bit. John 17, 20 to 23, and just see what God says to you. I think it's incredible, three verses. So there we have There we have. <laughs> this isn't working quite well. Could you please go on, Josh, for me to where it comes up with the second, second point. Brilliant. That's it. Oh, that's it. That's it. Back one, please. Yeah, excellent. Thank you. So, point number one. We should reflect the unity in the Trinity as we've outlined there in John chapter 17. And then number two. God designed the church as his body to be unified. So we've got the unity that's in the Trinity that exists there, Father, Son, and Spirit. We've heard a little bit about that in John 17. And now we're going to look at us as the church. So the church, Jesus' church, that's who we are. And God wants that kind of unity that we've heard about in John 17 to be in his body, the church. Let's consider this. 1 Corinthians 12 24 to 26. God has put the body, the church, together, giving greater honor to the parts that lacked it so that there should be no division in the body. There should be no division in the body, but that its parts should have equal concern for each other. 
If one part suffers, every part suffers with it. If one part is honored, every part rejoices with it. This is Paul as he writes to the Corinthians, using this analogy of the, of the human body to say that we're all important. We all come with different gifts. We might be a Stacy or a Ewan or a Rob or a Dilly, but we all come with different gifts that God has given us to bring unity to the church. And sometimes it appears here to me reading this in preparation for this that sometimes God wants to raise up certain parts so that there is unity, there's equality in the body, in the church, so that we all recognize that we need one another, that we need to press forward in unity together. Amen? And so we should reflect the unity in the Trinity. I think this is working now, Joshua. I might, might try and, uh, and go for it. Thank you. So we should reflect the unity in the Trinity. God designed the church as his body to be unified. And number three, if we want to be effective witnesses, we must be unified. I really think this is so important for us. We must be unified if we want to be effective witnesses. We've heard about that in John 17. So that the world will know that you've sent me. But consider this in John 13. Jesus says, by this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. If you love one another, if you're unified, if you're preferring one another, if you're building each other up, that kind of community is the kind of community, unified community, that the world will look at and say, wow, that's genuine community. Maybe even I'd like to be part of that, that community because of the unity and the love that's shown there. Wouldn't we love to be that kind of church? Unified together, building one another up, loving one another. So important. So, what's all this about? Well, it's a police story. Now, I used to be a blue light driver in the police, and so I was part of a, a unit called RPU, Roads Policing Unit, and we did many things on the road network, including dealing with crashes and uh, num automatic number plate recognition work and stopping cars and trying to deal with offenses and stop crime and all that kind of stuff. But one of the things we used to do was fast escorts. And so a fast escort is when the ambulance service have got a really sick patient on board and they need to get that patient to the hospital super quick. And so at times, if it's really urgent, they'll call up the police and say, Can, could we have a fast escort, especially if there's quite a lot of distance involved, with the aim of just getting that patient to hospital as soon as they possibly can. And so I was on duty. I was working in the Southampton area at the time, and my colleague and I were close to the Forley Hive kind of waterside area, and uh, the ambulance service called the police and said, could we have a fast escort? There'd been an industrial accident at premises in, in Forley Hive, and um, they needed to get to Southampton General Hospital as, as quickly as possible. And so my colleague and I were deployed, and we shot straight down there. We picked up the ambulance just as it was about to leave, so the timing was good. And what we do, the, the kind of tactical approach to this, is that the, the police vehicle will, will punt forward to the junction, and it might be a crossroads, T-junction, whatever it is, and we'll close off the junction 
stop the traffic in all the directions from, from within the car, so hands out the window and all that kind of stuff. Stop, parked right in the middle of the junction, and then the ambulance will fly through on blue lights, obviously. And then we'll go and we'll overtake the ambulance and get to the next junction and do exactly the same. And the idea is that if we do it as, and if all the conditions are right, then we, the idea is we don't want the ambulance to have to touch the brake pedal at all, if possible. We just want them to go through as quickly as possible. And so we started this fast escort, and it was going well. And, um, but I knew there was three junctions coming up. If you know your geography, as you come in off the Millbrook Road, I think it's the A35, you head into Southampton. And um, as you come up to Dale Road, which is the turning left that goes down to Hospital Big Dip, the, um, there's three junctions as you approach that that were pretty dicey junctions, and I, and I thought they were going to slow us down. So I got on the radio, and I called up on the local channel, I spoke to the controller, and I said, have you got any spare units that could block off these three junctions for us? And I gave them the details of the junctions. And they deployed three local units who went and, and did that job. So I gave them, as we approached, I gave them about 30, 45 seconds notice, because you don't want too, too much of a build-up of traffic if you stop them too early. But, and then they blocked off all these junctions, and we flew through that on blue lights, and then the ambulance flew through on blue lights. And um, there was a team at the hospital waiting to receive this patient, and uh, job well done. We got them there super quick. So why do I tell you that story? <laughs> Unity. Absolutely. So we were all working towards one goal, to get this patient to hospital as soon as we possibly could. That was the goal. That is what we were trying to do. And so right from the ambulance call taker that took the initial call, right to the ambulance dispatcher that dispatched the ambulance, to the ambulance crew themselves, to the police call handler that took the call from the ambulance, to us being deployed, the police dispatcher deploying us, to us doing the escort, to the local controller and the local units on those junctions, to the hospital team waiting to receive the patient at the end. All of us were working together with one goal in mind, to get that person to hospital as quickly as possible. And can I suggest that when we think about unity, let's think about unity in that way. We're here to be a unified church to bring people to Jesus as quickly and as safely as possible. And all of us will play different parts in that. We're all parts of one body. We will all have different roles within that mission. But that's a mission for me to unite around, bringing people to Jesus. People who need their lives changed, people who need a touch from God. And you know what? I, we, think, we will think differently about stuff. We will have different convictions. We'll have different ideas. We'll vote for different political parties, and that's okay. Unity isn't about us all thinking exactly the same. We're different. God's made us different, and that's okay. But unity is about saying, despite our differences, God has given us a mission, and we're going to come together. We're going to use our gifts so that the world will know that Jesus Christ came, died upon a cross, rose again, so that we could have life and have life to the full.
So that's just a really simple message about unity. I didn't want to speak for too long today, but I just want to encourage us. Let's be unified. Let's be unified around the mission of God. And let's see where God takes us. Amen.